Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom tie gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Snow seemingly is coming every single day here in Denver, and Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything snow plows. Their snow plow blades are double-sided, meaning when one side wears down, you just flip it over, and the other side has you good to go. They last twice as long, and the blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. They've been locally owned for their entire lifespan, just like us here at DNVR, and they can pretty much custom make anything you could possibly want under the sun. Be sure to give them a call today for any of your snowplow needs. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Sipping on a Victory Avalanche Amber Ale picked up from Davidson's from their location in Centennial. They also have one in Highlands Ranch as well. Be sure to check them out and download their app today as well as sign up for their loyalty program to get awesome deals and even get alcohol delivered to your front door. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He is Evan Rowell back again as we are sitting on the Avs' fourth straight win, this time over the Buffalo Sabres, 3-2. to two. This was a really weird game for me, Evan. The Avs' special teams kind of got it done for him tonight. Yeah, it's. I guess we've been waiting for this game, I guess. Uh, even strength, they were okay. I wouldn't say they were great. I guess they did dominate in kind of shot metrics, but it seemed like it was relatively even for a while. Um, but yeah, the power play got it done. Uh, they did what they're supposed to do, and they uh, they were powerful tonight. I guess is a way to say it. And it the first goal. All right, sure. McKinnon to Comfer to Landeskog. A bit of a disjointed first power play unit because of the players missing. But those are names you expect to see on the power play for the most part. The second power play unit: Martin Kaut, Vlad Kamenev, Jonas Donskoy. Sam Gerrard on it as well. I can't even remember. I think it was Nachushkin was the fifth guy. Yeah. Yep. 
So a, certainly a bit of a thrown together unit there to get the job done. Oh yeah, ragtag group. Yeah, they're the the rebels without a cause, I guess. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, so that very very encouraging that the power play managed to work even with all of the pieces that were missing. Maybe it's better that way. Yeah. Uh, we. I mean, quite frankly, the third power play could have scored too. At the end, Jost just couldn't bury anything at this tonight for some reason. But well, I guess that's the way things go for him. But I mean, yeah. I, I, even the first power play, like before they scored, I, I Comfort just kept taking it to the net, and I was loving it. And then finally, it worked out where it just floated over to Landis Cog. So I, I would have Bednar was super happy after the game with the special teams, and I imagine he just loved how much they were taking it to the net. Yeah, I'd certainly no complaints from my side of things there. If it works, don't uh, don't try and fix it. The game itself, I I don't know. I didn't feel like a lot of it made sense at five on five. The Avs obviously made it work and managed to get over the hump, but it seemed pretty clear this was a team trying to figure out what's going to work with. Nemesnikov in the lineup, Kaut getting bounced around the lineup, a whole bunch of moving pieces right now. Yeah, all the injuries kind of even out the lineups tonight, essentially, where, you know, I, I don't even think Buffalo played that bad. I thought they played pretty well, and the Fs were just okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they were definitely figuring out what to do with their lineup. And, you know, the top line, to me, to my eye, they didn't look great in any way i thought mckinnon in particular was just awful in the first period but then you look at their shot metrics and they just dominate everything maybe because mckinnon just took another billion shots from the point that just got blocked but yeah it's they're finding ways to win and the depth guys got it done tonight so it's good to see certainly the depth guys got it done tonight which i surprised me a little bit but i really loved it there were a bunch of shifts, especially in the second half of this game where the abs bottom six went out there and they just outworked Buffalo to earn pucks and keep possession of the puck. Yeah. And it, it started early cause I count came out and he was just shooting everywhere. And, you know, Jost was a monster all night. Like we can just say it. I know yep. he's not everyone's favorite, but that may have been his best all around game in the NHL. Uh, I know he had a hat trick earlier this year, but he was crushing it on the power play. He was doing great on the penalty kill. And then at even strength, he was just fantastic. And um, his goal, they got disallowed pretty clearly a high stick, but he did a lot, a lot of good things tonight. And uh, that that entire second line was just great. Yeah, and he was in all the right areas, right? Constantly in around the net, batting at rebounds, creating opportunities, and, and then digging pucks out of the corners as well. So uh, certainly... If he's going to play like that every night, uh, he'll be in the lineup come playoff time. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and pissing off the opponent. That's kind of what he did yeah. down the stretch last year. And, it's, you know, he's not a big guy, but, you know, I I think that was kind of in his DNA when he got drafted. And we haven't seen a ton of it with him, but uh, we definitely saw a lot of it tonight. Yeah, it, it's a learning process, right? That The reality is... On the abs, he's pretty much locked into being a bottom six player when healthy, and that's kind of the way that he has to play. So 
hopefully he kind of understands that now. He did pick up the one assist tonight on what was eventually the game-winning goal. So good to see him get at least a point rewarded for for all the hard work, and, and hopefully he can keep it up. Looking through the rest of the Avs lineup, this was a weird game for me because the two biggest stars on the team right now are McKinnon and McCarr. McKinnon did pick up the one assist, but both of those players flashed a ton in the game and don't have a ton to show for it. Yeah, McCarr was very hit and miss with me. I thought in the offensive zone, he was doing a lot of good things. It was just the rest of his game I was not a huge fan of. AJ and I were up on the press box and mentioning that for his first shift, I think his first three passes were right in people's skates. So um, his passing was just a little off. I'm looking at his shift length now. His average shift length was a minute and seven seconds, which is not uh, not the greatest in the world. I don't think coaches love that. But, um, yeah, he was pretty hit or miss. And then McKinnon, like I said, I thought he was awful in the first period. And then he basically broke Yoki Haru's ankles in the second period and yeah. seemed to get it going. But, um, yeah, I think through two periods he had seven shot attempts and none of them had actually hit the net. and Six or something like that had been blocked. So, um, yeah, just uh, a, not a great game from either of them, but the Avs are finding ways to win, and that's the way it is. I mean, he was uh, – then that one shift where he got through and he crashed through the net, cut through the slot there, he was just standing at the blue line, and AJ and I were up in the press box going, what the heck is he doing? Like, he's just not moving. And then all of a sudden he breaks through, so it's like that's what we want to see more of. I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty over this standing at the point thing from him. Yeah, definitely more movement, definitely working into the interior of the zone. Please, Nathan McKinnon. Um, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. Oh, yeah, every day, no doubt about it. He he knows who I am for sure, not just some random guy. Yeah, um, he told me he's going to kick your ass. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a lot of these podcasts lately have kind of been boiling down to the point that you just made there. They're finding ways to win right now. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to even be that exciting. This game was, but the previous couple have been a little bit on the slow side, but they're winning the one nothing game. They're winning the 2-1 game. Tonight, they win 3-2. These one-goal games, everyone talks about how important they are. These are the ones that playoff teams win. Well, guess what? When it matters, the Avs are winning them. Yeah, it's not pretty. I mean, you you just look at that game-winning goal. It's they dump it, they win a face off in their own end. Zadorov bats it to Cole, who just flips it out, which is something they've been doing pretty well as a pair, just flipping it out. Donskoy battles to get the puck in deep, and him and Don, him and Jost just kind of battle along the boards until Jost can outwork two guys to get the puck to Donskoy, and then you know I don't know what the heck was going on. How Comper ended up so wide open. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the type of dirty goal you want to see from this team because they score a lot off the rush, and that just wasn't there tonight. It hasn't been there the last couple games, and, you know, you're finding just little different ways to score goals, and, you know, that bodes well for how things look going in the playoffs. Yeah, straight up, it's just a new look for the abs not only finding a way to win but finding new ways to win this is not the norm for them super encouraging for for them coming down the stretch to be able to pull out wins that they 
with a healthy lineup, no doubt. They're supposed to win most of these games, if not all of them that they've rattled off. But with the injuries to be able to do it anyway, feels good. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, NHL.com or NHL Network was showing something. Uh, I got to the press box early tonight, and they had something that the Avs are the best rush team in the NHL, not only scoring goals, but defending. And those rush goals just haven't been there the last couple of games, but they're still finding ways to get it done. And it's, it's impressive. It is. It's straight up impressive. So we'll go ahead and wrap the first period there. And you know what else is impressive? A Breckenridge Brewery's beer selection. They seriously probably have like 20 plus when you count all of their seasonal ones that come and go. So if you like any type of beer, you'll be able to find one through Breckenridge Brewery. And they have their Breckenridge beer finder even on their website highly recommend you check it out they will point you in the right direction find whatever type of beer you want whether it's the strawberry sky the agave wheat the vanilla porter they will tell you where to go you can purchase it maybe go down to davidson's if you're local here in colorado and pick it out there and also keep an eye on the breckenridge event calendar as always You can expect a couple more watch parties for us to ramp up as we get down here towards the end of the season. And, you know, we're always giving away avalanche tickets, usually a free beer or two as well. So keep your eyes peeled and we'll be back in a second. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine and Spirits with Ruto and Evan. We'll save the best for last. So we're going to we're going to put Martin Cout on the back burner for a second. All right. Vlad Vlad Nemesnikov? Sure, we can talk about both the Vlads, actually, because I think this game was very telling for both of, both of them. Nemesnikov, his first game with the Avalanche, played just over 12 minutes, seemed to be pretty darn responsible, and didn't flash that much in the offensive zone for me. What did you make of it, Evan? I liked a lot of what he did, actually, so... There was a shift in the first period where Kaut was in deep and Nemeskov had just come off the bench and Belmar too. And Nemeskov went into it. The Sabres were kind of breaking the puck out. Nemeskov went in and rather than just attacking the guy, he just angled him off and forced him to make a bad decision and caused a turnover and led to a a rush chance for Kaut just moments later. So it was little things like that that I really liked. And he was really smart defensively. Um, threw a couple of nice hits too. He's not a big dude at all, but uh, threw his body around and he did have a nice rush up the ice in the third period that unfortunately was broken up. But uh, yeah, I liked a lot of what I saw and um, the staff, you know, it was a little weird to me that, you know, especially with all these injuries, maybe it's just because it was his first game, but yeah, I mean, they didn't throw him on the penalty kill at all, but um, I do think that's something he could help with down the line. Yeah. And then, you know, I kind of talked about this the other day. I I think it was with you where Bednar's always been pretty slow to implement people into that. So a couple games down the line, I think you'll probably see him PKing. But for now, they're just easing him in in that regard. And I thought he was very solid. A lot of things you kind of expected. He goes right to the front of the net area a lot when the abs do have possession in the offensive zone. But overall, definitely seems like a solid addition through one game. The other side of that coin, though, is Kamenev played under six minutes on the night. He did pick up the assist on the power play for Kaut's goal, but basically most 
well, for the majority of the rest of the game after the first period, he was benched because he straight up missed an assignment on the back check in the first period, leading to Buffalo's first goal. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, I, I do think he did some good things. He, he drew the penalty off a nice move that they have scored on in the first period. And then um, he did what he, we like that he does on the power play, and that's he shoots the puck. Uh, he's not afraid to shoot the puck, and he did that on the power play there for Cal's goal. But yeah, he just he lost his guy on the back check. The Avs were in good shape. He just did not do enough to tie up his man, and he scored. And then, you know, from that point on, you saw a lot of Nathan McKinnon taking that spot on the fourth line, just double shifting. And it's unfortunate. Um, it seems like they liked O'Connor a lot more tonight. And you know, if if Burakovsky, who's going on the trip, if he ends up playing this weekend, you know, it would not surprise me at all if if uh, Kamenev found himself in the press box again. You think even Locon- O'Connor has a chance to to stay in the lineup over Kamenev? I think they just like the way he plays and his speed. And, you know, he has played well in both games. Um, we're not sure if this is sustainable long term, but uh, yeah, I, I do think the coaching staff likes him. They said they were going to use him on the penalty kill and they... Uh, did not use him at all in the penalty kill, so I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, I could definitely see them because he just plays with so much more pace than Kamenev, and I think that's just how they want this team to play. Yeah, fair enough. Certainly going to get extremely tight on the offensive side with the moves Kout's making with Nemesnikov, with Kamenev and O'Connor. Obviously, there's not enough room once we get into mid-March and the guys that are out longer term are going to start getting healthy. It's just a fact that some tough decisions are going to have to get made there. On the other side of the ice, we talked a lot about how the Avs have really settled into some of these pairings, and then Bednar decided to regularly throw turn and burn at us in this game. So, Yeah, and I don't think Gerard had his best game, and we kind of talked about Makar either, but yeah. they are... Um... Yeah, they're definitely using them a lot more, and we know that after any penalty kill, those guys are going to be right back out there together just because the other guys are used on the penalty kill. So um, they are using them a little bit more. Uh, They were a lot more effective the other night than they were tonight. But, yeah, I mean, the staff is just not afraid to do that. They know that situationally those guys can, you know, put on a show and basically just keep the puck out of their own end and keep it in the offensive end. So, where can the Avs improve the most based in this game? Obviously, special teams, great. The Avs go two for three on the power play. They go shut down both of Buffalo's power plays. Five on five, there are some issues, but what exactly are you trying to pin down there? I I just felt like they gave up a little bit too much in terms of scoring chances. Uh, it at, at least it felt like it to my eyes, uh, looking at the shot. And I I don't know how much you can trust the shots or the high danger chances on natural stat trick, just because it varies from arena to arena sometimes. But um, there are definitely a lot of chances in the abs end. Like Ocposo had two point-blank deflection chances and rebound chances in the third period, and Francois just stopped them. And um, Yeah, I mean, it, it just felt like this was not... It, the abs had a few days off. They didn't skate this morning. They just felt a little sloppy to me in this, this game at times. And... Uh, they haven't been doing that the last couple of games, so I don't expect this to stay that way. But that is just something that I saw tonight. They just gave up a little bit too much to uh, not exactly a great team, but um, a team that has you know one superstar that created some chances tonight. 
Well, I mean, you also expected Buffalo to come out hot in this game, right? This is a team that no one expected to buy at the deadline, and then they did. So it's full push mode for them right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, they they played pretty well, all things considered. They did a lot of things well, and I thought Hutton made some great saves in net, actually surprising, uh, especially in the second period when the Avs were kind of bringing the heat a little bit. That save on Nachushkin uh, that he got was pretty nice. So, yeah, I mean, I thought Buffalo played pretty well. It's just that, you know, the Avs kind of found a way to grind it out and get the win tonight. They certainly did. Poor Edmonton coming in live. Anthony Sia won't return a lower body injury, so. Oh, God. Well, yeah, I guess that's how things go. <laughs> yeah. Avs are patting themselves on the back for not giving up two seconds for him right now, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would have done that, but, yeah, he had a good game the other night with this new team. Yeah. It, I mean, you got to think he should fit in pretty well next to McDavid. <laughs> or otherwise, but anyone would fit in well, McDavid. Fairly true, fairly true. I might be able to score twenty next to McDavid. Who knows? Let's uh, not go too far here. I mean, you know, if I didn't have to play defense or be on side, I could stand next to the goal, and <laughs> I'll be down here, guys. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, okay, so the last piece to this puzzle here tonight was Pavel Francos, who. Outside of a goal where Kamenev lost his man and a tip-in goal stopped everything the Sabres threw at him, particularly in the third period, he was on point. Yeah, he just continues to play great. There's not much that, you know, I wouldn't put too much blame on him for either goal. I mean, the second one was a deflection. Uh, First one, maybe play the pass a little bit better, but either way, the guy was left wide open on the back door, so... Uh, yeah, he played great. Like I said, the Avs gave up some decent chances, and he was there to shut it down, especially in the third period. And then uh, with the net empty, he made some great saves. I couldn't tell. Did that one hit the post? I was down down low. Yeah, yes, the one that went in behind him. Yeah, so um, get a little luck. But, uh, yeah, he's playing great. He's in, a, he's in a groove, and I guess it'll be interesting to see what they do this weekend if they decide to just continue to roll with him or if they're actually going to use the goalie that they gave up an asset for. Boy, that'd be awfully weird if they trade for Michael Hutchinson and then never actually play him. Yeah, I mean, Friday against Carolina feels like a decent chance to use him because Carolina's down to like their fourth goalie, so might as well just fair have is a fair on that one. Yeah. battle there. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Uh, the thing about Francois, why I liked this game so much, is this wasn't like the hot streak that he was just on, where he just wasn't allowing goals except for one a game. This is something he struggled with, is stopping that big goal. We saw it against Tampa Bay where they lost 4-3, just couldn't make the one save they needed. Tonight, absolutely did. Did not allow Buffalo to get that third goal. Gave the Avs the chance to get the lead they did and then held it down. Yeah, no, he locked it down for sure in the third period. Um, And he was great on the penalty kill, which, you know, Avs penalty kill isn't great to begin with. They give up chances, but... You know, they kind of depend on their goalie to be great, and that's what he was tonight. And, uh, you know, the one thing, and I've been meaning to talk to the defenseman about this, but I love how much he plays the puck. I don't know about you. He's basically like an easy breakout back there, and he did it a couple more times tonight. And I think it just makes everyone's lives so much easier when you know that you have, if they're going to dump it in, you have a goalie that can go back there and kind of help you out rather than you having to go back there and take a hit to make a play. 
I mean, you love it until you don't, right? There was that one play where it got real close to squirrely, <laughs> but they got away with it. Yeah, almost doesn't count, but yeah. <laughs> nah, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, he is a very active puck-moving goaltender. He's like the, I, the opposite of Varley, where Varley wanted to cover everything, and he's like, nope, I don't want to cover this. Right, he, he does not cover the puck much at all. I do think his passing could stand to improve a bit. He plays the puck a lot to ultimately just end up like rimming pucks to the other team sometimes, but still it's another option for the abs on that breakout pass. And and it does make the defense's job easier at times. Yeah. The one thing he's like, gotta have the worst catching percentage in the NHL. Like the puck seems to just bounce out of his glove. That's just, I don't get it. I'm not a goalie, but it's just, it's a little weird. Yeah, definitely is a bit strange. And he had a really good glove in the AHL as well. So maybe he's just, maybe he's just to it. Yeah, maybe. I don't maybe he was meant to be a lefty catch all along, who knows. But either way, we can wrap up the second period there as bamboozled his way into the NHL. <laughs> I mean, if he bamboozled his way to the KHL goalie trophy, I guess he's good at bamboozling or something. Yeah. But, but you know, if hockey is fun on ice i i i don't know how to compare this rugby isn't really like hockey on ground i this is a bad transition but if you want to find out what rugby actually is we are now covering colorado's professional rugby team the colorado raptors reporter colton strickler is taking you inside the locker room with the dnvr raptors podcast and you can find his written raptors content right on our site of course, with the rest of our coverage as well. You know, you already go there for the Avalanche stuff, I assume. And of course, you can join the amazing community on the DNVR Raptors Twitter as well to get a daily look at what Colorado rugby is all about. These guys' season are just getting underway. It's early days yet, and they have an opportunity to be really great this year, and we're excited to take you on the journey with us. The Raptors play at Infinity Park in Glendale, just east of Cherry Creek, and it is a great deal right now. Kids can get in for just five bucks and adults for as low as $20 when you get tickets at coloradoraptors.com. If you want to check it out, just search for the DNVR Raptors podcast after this show and give Colorado rugby a shot. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and Evan. The time is now. The Martin Cout conversation. Let's have it. We've talked about him a lot, obviously, getting into the lineup. But four games in now, he scores his first NHL goal in the game tonight. A big one on the power play. He continues to be solid. Everything continues to trend in the right direction with him over 11 minutes of ice time in this game. What's not to love, Evan? Uh, Nothing other than the fact that I embarrassed myself talking to him enough locker room after the game everything else is is fine and dandy he's he came out firing tonight and you know i posted on twitter that that goal is like a i think paul maurice used the term coach porn the other night talking about another player but i mean he carried the puck up the ice he saw he had nothing so he just dumped it in and went and got himself and 10 seconds later he scores so uh yeah he's He's trending up. He's earning the trust of the coaching staff. They're putting him out there in late game situations again, and he just he looks really good. He looks like an NHL player to me. Yeah, I, hard to argue with that. I definitely think he's an NHL player, but uh, 
the English might need some work. Apparently, what's this? What's this story about you embarrassing uh, yourself? <sighs> well, do you ever have those? Have you ever had like a moment where you're like in the shower and you think back to something that happened when you were like sixteen that it was just embarrassing and you're like, oh god, why am I thinking about? It? I feel like this is going to be a moment for me. So we're <laughs> a big group around him talking to him, and then you know, finally, I asked, you know. The abs are unbeaten with you in the lineup. Do you think you're a good luck charm? And he goes, I, I don't understand the question. So I slowed down and I repeated it again. And he goes, I, I still don't get the question. And now you have a huddle of reporters staring at me. <laughs> Lauren Jabara put her microphone right up to my mouth. And I had to slow down and say, abs are 4-0 with you in the lineup. Are you a good luck charm? And he finally goes, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so. Like it was like the most embarrassing thirty seconds of my life, and then, you know, after the interview, Kyle Fredrickson from Denver Post came up and he said, "You know, I like how you kept going. You didn't give up on your question. You wanted the answer." I was like, "Yeah, well, that's the way it is." But, uh, yeah, he he's very polite. I just it was my moment where I learned that I have to slow down and I can't can't just blurt out a question to a guy who just learned English what two years ago. So. Yeah, other than that, I mean, he's he's adorable. He answers the questions the way you want to. He's, you know, he basically said, that's my normal Sally. You guys get, get used to it because you're going to see it some more. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your cringe with the class, Evan. It's much appreciated. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> as far as Count goes, he's another guy who they haven't worked in on the PK yet. I know you talked about pretty unlikely he sticks based on, on the Avs makeup. Did tonight change your mind at all? Is there hope that Cout could stay? Well, if he keeps playing so well, it's going to be a tough conversation for the Avs to have because, you know, when the Avs get back into town next week, I think as long as he plays these games this weekend, he'll be on game, I want to say next Wednesday when they're back into town will be game eight. And I think at that point, it'll you know, it'll be a real conversation and we'll have to ask Bednar, you know, is this going to play a role and what's going to happen? Because, it doesn't really sound like any of these guys are close to coming back other than Burakovsky, who's going to make the trip. So uh, if he keeps playing well, do you have to balance, you know, losing one year of entry level deal and I guess kicking it into gear or, you know, just playing the, your best players. And he certainly looks like a guy who belongs in the lineup more than guys like O'Connor and Kamenev. And uh, quite frankly, he's outplayed guys like Nieto of late. So uh, yeah, I, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be a real conversation the Avs are going to have to have. To be exact, if he does play every night, Game 10 would be March 8th against San Jose on the front half of that back-to-back with San Jose and L.A. So they did say mid-March for guys like Kadri, Calvert, and uh, Rantanen. So there's yeah. a very real possibility that they're either playing Martin Kaut over the nine-game limit or they are playing a suboptimal lineup. Yeah, and, you know, the way things have gone this year, who the hell knows who gets hurt next? I mean, that's just the way things have been going for the Avs. So, uh, yeah, Bednar reiterated after the game tonight, none of those guys are really close. So, at the very, very least, and people can go read my conversation with him on dnvr.com. He talked about how he's fully aware that this contract situation exists, and I think that kind of sucks that – a player is aware that, you know, even if he plays well, it might not matter that the contract is going to come into play. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, at the very, very least, uh, this call up has been great to see that, you know, this is a guy who, you know, Wilson's a free agent this summer. Nieto's a free agent this summer. They have an internal replacement. They don't have to go out and pay money for a third or fourth liner. They can just call him up. I mean, the guy you directly compared him to, Matt Nieto, is a free agent this summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is great. No matter what, this is great. If it doesn't happen this year, like, this is a deep team. That's the way things go. But we're getting a glint. It's, it's, it should make the Avs lives easier this summer, is what right. I'm saying. One of the biggest concerns on the development side of the Avs was if you don't give Cout an opportunity this year, what happens when there might not be room for him next year as well? The way Cout's playing, there's going to be room for him next year, for sure. Yeah, and I know you guys have talked about it, but some guys are just better in the NHL than the AHL. Like, we've seen it with Graves. Like, structure kind of matters. These guys can thrive in structure, and Cout is a very smart player. He seems to fit in just fine. They told him to play like a third liner. That's what he told me, and that's kind of what he's doing. Yeah, he said it himself uh, after the first game. I think he said, oh, you know, the players are way smarter up here. So I just do what I'm told and, and everyone's where they're supposed to be and it's easy. Yeah, and every time he makes a mistake, he's got Belmar on the bench showing him on the iPad, you know, what he should do. And that, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. Definitely not. It working out pretty well for him. So all signs point to positive with Count. Uh, the Avs, we did, we should talk about the game-winning goal, I guess. Uh, Tyson Jost getting the secondary assist. You kind of mentioned how he got it to Donskoy. But ultimately, JT Comfer is the man to score the actual goal. One of the many Avs depth players who have not produced a ton in the month of February. He ends up with a two-point night tonight. The assist to Landeskog as well. That is big. If the Avs can get these guys going down the stretch here, especially over the next couple of weeks where they have these injuries, I mean, that's huge, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the coaching staff has kind of been using him as their go-to guy. It's weird. He's not a great face-off guy, but over the last five games, he's been awesome in the face-off circle. He's winning big face-offs. But, uh, yeah, two goals in the last three games. Uh, That line is doing i would say a lot better than i anticipated i don't know about you it's kind of a weird line uh jost and comfort together i've never really done much uh offensively so it's kind of weird to see just how much they you know the shot metrics show that line pretty much dominated tonight when they were out there yeah it i mean i don't think it was the abs first option for sure but at a certain point, you just got to play what you got. And I think Donskoy rounds out that line well with a little bit of talent, especially on the distributing side. I think it helps quite a bit there. Yeah, and I, I think I said I wouldn't be surprised if Nemestikov took Joe's spot. And uh, Joe's told me to shut the hell up tonight. <laughs> yep. I mean, if that kid wasn't cursed, he might have scored like, 15 goals this season (laughs) yeah i mean that goal was definitely a high stick it was um but he also had a a bunch of other chances i think he hit hutton in the helmet and then he had a bunch of those chances on that power play at the end and nine shot attempts which is that's a lot in a game that's the most the abs had tonight so he did a lot of things right and 
you know, maybe he's just a guy who needed to get past that trade deadline. Sackett basically said, we're not, we never had any conversations with him, which, you know, if you read what Elliot Friedman said today, that, you know, not, maybe not exactly true, but uh, yeah, it, maybe he just needed to get past the deadline. And this is kind of when he cranked it up last year too. Yeah. He played his best hockey in, in March and April for sure. And, and May, I guess last year, but he's, he's showing what, what took them so long to try him on the penalty kill. Like, right. Yeah. I don't understand why it took them so long either. They had to have known with the way Burakovsky and Donskoy started the year that he just was not going to be a top six guy. Like why are, is, I just don't understand why we're just now seeing him get a chance to, you know, maybe show value in other areas. Cause you know, if he's not going to be a top six guy, he's not going to be expensive. If they do decide to keep him, might as well see what he can do in these other roles. Right. It, it would be silly not to, because the abs aren't going to get value out of him in the bottom six if they don't. And Without going into the conversation of why he was a candidate to be moved again, it just feels like maybe not the best fit. And if he can PK, that helps the fit a lot. Yeah, and like you said, he looks really good out there. So uh, he looks like a natural fit, and you know, with, you know, especially with Calvert going out, you know, they definitely need some guys to step up in that area. Well, it worked tonight. Again, they they stopped both of the Sabres' power plays, and special teams came through to get the Avs a W. Evan, final thoughts on the game here? Just finding ways to win, grinding it out to not their best game. That's obviously a a Buffalo team that needs some victories to stay alive, even though if you look at the standings, they're probably dead. Um, But yeah, obviously very different from the game in Buffalo where the Avs just blew them out. But yeah, it's... I like that the Avs are, you know, they took care of business in this weird one-game homestand because they have the same thing again next week where they just are on the road and then they play one game at home. So uh, those games are usually not easy, especially coming off three games at home. So it's nice or on the road. So nice to come out on the winning end and head to the road and for three games and four nights. Do you happen to know what Martin Kaut's real middle initial is? Uh, no, I do not. Why? I've been, I have commandeered his middle initial as W until the abs lose with him in the lineup. So, yeah, well, that's what I tried to ask him. It took 40 seconds to (laughs) get get to it, but yeah, I mean, he's the abs good luck charm right Right. now. Exactly. So Martin W couch, as long as the abs are winning with him in the lineup, Evan, what is it? It's game changing. It is game-changing, just like Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee, which you can get in K-Cups, whole bean, or ground, whatever suits your fancy. And when you buy online, be sure to use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. They're fast and can ship straight to your door. They got you covered on that. CBD is not psychoactive. It can help long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, help with arthritis, IBS, and many, many more things. Just be sure to mention DNVR. Use the code DNVR20 when you buy to save yourself 20%. That's going to do it for us on tonight's episode. Abs have four straight wins now. They move back into second place into the Central Division. Everything is coming up, Avalanche. Thank you for listening, and you will hear from us again tomorrow. Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche.
Hey.